This is Listen and Learn or Not. I'm Lori. And I'm Claire. And somebody's missing today. Anna D is out, but I think she'll be back next week. Yeah, I hope so. I miss you guys. We were gone like forever. I know. It did feel like forever, didn't it? It did. I guess it was only a week. (laughs) But I've come to rely on you. (laughs) So I'm in uh, Sharon's studio. The fun thing about that is instead of hearing Sadie, you might hear the chickens. (laughs) Awesome. I love chickens. (laughs) You flew somewhere. I did. I went to Southern California um, for a much-needed reunion with with some family. Not all my family. There's a lot of people left to see, but I got to see my 96-year-old aunt um, and my sister and her husband who flew out, and her son and his girlfriend came up, uh, came down rather from San Francisco. And we all converged, and there was lots of laughing and fun and some going out to eat inside a restaurant like grown-up people. With, <laughs> well, we still had masks, but, you know, it was it was just great. And we went for a hike, and it was just good. You know, honestly, I could have sat in a cave with those people and been just as happy. Oh. Um, but it was just a great trip. So how about you? What have you been doing? Well, I wanted to ask you first, how was the airplane? Oh, you know what? Overall, it was fine. Um, it was, <laughs> you know what, I'm, I don't love to fly. I love to travel, but I don't love to fly. And one of the things that I prefer is the bigger the airplane, the better. And I realize now how the airlines are making do in that flights that used to be on much larger planes are full of, on smaller planes. And mm-hmm. so this flight from uh, Portland to San Francisco should have been on like, you know, a 3737 or something. And it was one of those much smaller, uh, <laughs> not quite commuter jets, but kind of halfway between. So I wasn't very happy about that. But the good thing about that is there's only two seats. There's never more than two seats. So you're only ever next to one person. Um, I felt like they cleaned, they were hand, they handed you a wipe when you got on the plane, clean the plane and then they handed you a wipe so you could clean the plane. Mm. Everything is touchless. I didn't happen to buy anything to eat, but I noticed that, you know, you couldn't give them a credit card anymore. You have to be able to have to have the kind that you wave at them, you know, (laughs) um, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it, I think it was as good as it could be. The only time I got a little skeezy feeling was when I got to Los Angeles. I don't know if it was crowded that day or there's construction, but they had to take us off the plane like down the stairs, which I haven't done since like 1975. (laughs) And then they put you on a shuttle to take you into the airport. That was crowded. That was like shoulder to shoulder, people standing, baggage everywhere. And that, I did not like that at all. And it was a really, really, I've probably done it a million times in my life on a million different shuttles, but this is the first time I felt like every germ in the world was going into my face (laughs) and really glad that everybody was wearing a mask for whatever that's worth. But that was the only blip. Other than that, the plane ride I thought was good. The airport itself on both ends was good. Um, I took an Uber. I felt fine about that um so yeah that's that's what I think I you know what look if you if you're somebody who's already not accustomed to travel it's going to be a shock for you if you're somebody who travels all the time it's really not a big deal oh something else I noticed mm-hmm. Delta Airlines if you're a frequent flyer points person this, the flight attendant was going to every single person on the plane who it was their first flight in a year and thanking them for coming back. 
Wow. Yeah. I thought that was really nice. Like, I get it. It's business and they're just doing what they can to make people happy. But that to me seemed like a little brief extra mile thing coming up. Oh, hi, Claire. I noticed this is your first flight back with us in more than a year. Is everything okay? Thank you for coming back to Delta, yada, yada, yada. I mean, they recognize that, you know, they're a business on the edge. They're a bigger business on the edge than, say, your mom and pop grocery store down the street. <laughs> really been on the edge for a year. But even something this size of, of Delta, I appreciated that they recognize that people still feel like they're taking a risk coming back, but we're willing to do it to see family. We always appreciate a thank you. Of course. Yeah. Well, I went to California also. My daughter bought a horse up here oh. on Whidbey Island, and um, she was going to drive back by herself. We are very independent women, and I said, I'm going with you. And uh, just a side note, not very many people can do my job. And uh, Anna was going to fill for me. Well, you know, she had the family emergency and called. I called two other people. They said no. I called a third person who said can't take the hours. So I called the boss and boss said, take the hours. Well, then when I left, he realized he was already filling for someone else. And it was like, they really realized <laughs> that uh, not many people can do my job. So I am sorry for all the things that happened that conspired for that moment, but I'm secretly a little gleeful for you. <laughs> yes. And I chose not to check my email. So I had no idea that there was like 10 people on this email going. And I had a synopsis on what to do and where everything was. Right. Uh, but everyone's like, oh, well, maybe this and maybe that. So, but I did get to go. And so my daughter picked me up. I left my car by my friends near the airport. And we drove in. Her, she had a brand new. Well, it wasn't brand new, but she had it was new to her. And it was kind of pulling. And we're trying to figure out what's wrong. And so as we're driving down the road, we're OK. Now we're almost to Cresswell. So, you know, we're halfway to Reading where we were yeah. going. And I said, you know, it feels like it's when you put on the gas. All of a sudden it starts chugging like a fuel filter. And she goes, no, mom. And she's changing lanes. And she goes, it's when I change lanes and she turned on the blinker and there was that pulse they had wired the trailer the brakes to the blinker oh my lord so we pull into Cresswell <laughs> and we're like oh my gosh here we are with a horse we're gonna have to find a place to stay so she finds the trailer place and calls them and says uh you know we're just passing through I can't really stay here but we wondered if you fix trailers and they said, yeah. And she goes, well, when can you get me in? They said, come now. And she says, okay, well, where are you located? She said, turn around. <laughs> <laughs> they were across the street. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and the, the husband, who was the mechanic or whatever, he was a horse guy. So he's like, oh, take the horse out. There's that field right there, beautiful field of grass. He goes, it's my landlord's. They won't mind. So we take the horse over to the grass, and we're just – chatting and taking pictures for about 45 minutes and and they came and got us brought water for the horse and and charged her 70 bucks i mean it was like it was a god thing it was like and then we were back on the road and good to go <laughs> wow i have yeah. a million questions but i want to start with this how fun is that for the horse to be like is it our horses like dogs where they're like ooh, i haven't been here before and they like smell and eat everything um, I don't know that she was excited, but she was probably very thrilled to be out of the trailer. That's a long ride for a horse, and she's yeah. only three. 
But she did amazing. And uh, so, yeah, so we took her out and she sure didn't want to go back in, but she did. And uh, so and then uh, my son-in-law, he's a teacher at the school where the kids go and he he let him stay home and hang out with me for a couple hours. And then my daughter took me to the airport and I got on the plane. The uh, It was Southwest. And I remember years ago when I was on Southwest, the attendants, flight attendants all saying rock and robin. I don't remember, but they put their own words to it. So this time the pilot got up and he was like doing a stand up. He's like, I've been a pilot for 36 years and today I'm going to try something new. And everyone's like, what? And then he's like, kidding. And so he was, you know, he was trying to be really funny. And uh, so anyway, yeah, it was good. There were three to the seat and um, everyone wore masks. And I was jumpy. I'm never jumpy on a plane, but every time someone came across the the loudspeaker, I, I jumped or jumped or when the beep, you know, the beeper comes on for the unbuckle your seatbelt. Yeah, I jumped. And I just thought that was funny. I don't know if I was just so into the book I was listening to. But um, when I got off the airplane, I pulled up the app for my radio station and just in time for traffic. And I'm like, I have no idea who this is. <laughs> who was it? You have no idea? Yeah, well, I do now. It was Seth Thompson. Really? Yeah. Good for him. The tech guy. <laughs> yeah. So well, if anyone can do it, he can. He's one of those people who can do anything. Yeah. So um, it all worked out. And I went to the boss and I was like, sorry. He's like, no, you got to be able to take a day off. So <laughs> it all worked out well. Uh, and then <laughs> remember the remember the lizard princess? Yes. 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 The, your granddaughter with the lizard on her nose. Yes. She's also the one that thinks the pony is a unicorn. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I brought some little teddy bears from the teddy bear patrol here, and she came undone. She loved that bear. She carried it everywhere out to the barn, took it to school, and I went to school with her, and she's yelling across the, the playground to her teacher, Grandma Lola brought me a bear! Grandma Lola! <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was pretty sweet but yeah oh my god isn't grandma lala like the cutest name for a grandma <laughs> i like it <laughs> it's pretty great did you come up with that or did they well uh there was a time when i went by la hardy and so my friends all called me lala okay and it kind of stuck so <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's yeah. so cute yeah. wow so. so so the road trip part with your daughter other than the, the the pulling of the trailer and you working out that puzzle together, which is actually, in retrospect, pretty great. I'm sure it was scary at the moment. But how are you two in the car together? Do you do you talk? Is it silent? Do you listen to, to books on tape? What do you do? You know, we didn't even have the radio on because her truck only gets one station. But we just, <laughs> <laughs> we talk because when I'm there, we can't finish a sentence. There's four kids, you know? And so it was just nice to catch up with things and, uh, you know, talk about family and what's going on. And so, yeah, it was just, it was not, I mean, she probably didn't think it was fun, but I thought it was fun. I totally enjoyed myself. So mm-hmm. that you're, you're pretty boss that you can tow a horse trailer. I, I mean, that means you have to like be able to back it up and stuff. I don't think I could do that. I mean, I guess I, no, I couldn't. <laughs> I think you could. <laughs> I taught many a girlfriends how to do it. <laughs> They're like, I want a horse, but I can't drive a trailer. I go, get the horse. I'll show you how to drive the trailer. <laughs> wow. 
and you knew. I mean, you knew that whoever hooked it up had hooked it up wrong, so you obviously know your way around. You may not do the wiring, but you obviously know enough about it to know that it was the problem. Yeah, yeah, we, we did some troubleshooting, and when, when, she, when she realized it was the blinker, when, when she goes, Mom, it's the blinker, I laughed. I almost peed my pants. I mean, who hooks the break up to the blinker, for heaven's sake? Right, right. Did the guy, and the guy that fixed it, was he, you know, a mansplainer, or was he a good, like, I'll fix it for you? Uh, the guy that fixed it, the owner, uh, he didn't mansplain, but he was really thrilled about seeing the horse and it's a cutting horse and if you're a cowboy you you know what a cutting horse looks like and he was really like whoa that is he was really impressed and but the guy that fixed it he came out with the water and he said my daughter rides horses and my son rides horses and he goes you know people who who know about wiring should know that the blue wire is the grounding wire and so (laughs) we didn't know what that meant but we did know what grounding wire meant, and he was just shaking his head like, "What? All you have to do is watch a video. How did they do this?" You know? Well, that's so exciting that she's got the horse now. Does what's his name? It's a her, and her name is oh. Ruby. Ruby. Yeah, and uh, so it's their third horse. They have the pony, and then they have Ellie, who's an Appaloosa, and uh, that'll be the one the kids ride, and she'll she'll ride Ruby. She's gonna. We used to when I raised her, she did uh, barrels, poles, and barrels. Uh, they used to call it Jim Canna. Uh, Western Games is what they call it now. And but where she's at, they don't really have that. So she's gonna do uh, cattle penning, cattle cutting, which is really fun too. So when I was a kid, I did um, I did a little bit of equestrian. Have I told you this about the lady I babysat for? No. I guess I must have been twelve or thirteen. And there was a woman that I babysat for that uh, owned, sort of half owned a horse with with another woman. And she, um, in exchange for, so basically she hired me just to watch the kids while she rode the horse. And I would, you know, me and the two, the two kids and I, and she would drive out to the pasture and she would ride. And then one day she decided that she would give me lessons um, instead of paying me. And I was like thrilled. And I think it ended up, I mean, I think it would have cost a lot more to have horse riding lessons than it than it would have to, you know, what I made in babysitting money. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was uh, like uh, English, equestrian style, oh, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so for my birthday that year, she bought me um, the helmet and the crop and some jodhvers. Wow. Um, and I actually learned like posting and, and all of that stuff. And it was it was really great. I loved it. I Stop short of jumping. I think that like once we got into that, I was like, I don't think I'm ready for that, you know, or it might be that my mom put the kibosh on and I can't remember. <laughs> that might have been the end of it. But the fun thing is that eventually the babysitting stopped. She hired another babysitter and just gave me horseback riding lessons. <laughs> um, That's awesome. For a couple of years, so, so that was great. I loved that so much. That was years ago. Horses are go- so good for kids. Yeah. Well, they're so... Um, so many of the those places where um, they use horses as therapy for any number of things. And the, I've uh, interviewed some amazing people in Georgia uh, who use equestrian centers to handle everything from emotional trauma to physical trauma and the, the ingenuity with which they can get a child or an adult who has, you know, physical um, disabilities onto a horse mm-hmm. is incredible. And, what happens to that person when they're with that horse is incredible. It's just, if you've never been a part of it, uh, it's really amazing, um, the power and the beauty of, of 
of what a horse can do for a person's psyche, I guess. I think it's the closest thing to magic. We, uh, where I raised my kids, we had a program like that, and kids with disabilities got to ride. And when they're up on that horse, everything goes away because they've bonded with it, they've brushed it. It's just, it's just a bond you can't explain. And uh, my understanding is it's often a, a second or third career and chance for the horses. Um, yes. That are sort of, it's like a good retirement job for horses, yes? Yeah, or rescue. Uh, the There's a gal named Kim Meter, and she has Crystal Peaks Ranch in Redmond, Oregon, not too far from you. And mm-hmm. she, her and her husband were youth leaders, and she had a tender heart. They had some property. And so um, she saw this horse that was clearly being neglected, and she went and asked if she could buy it. And the people were like, yeah. So she rescued it. And then... It kind of like once you do that and people find out, they're like, hey, down the road here. And and she would always save up enough money to buy them because people won't just give you because they don't realize they're neglecting. It's like even with hoarders, they don't get it. They think they're saving the horse, you know. Mm. And so what happened was she had these by now three horses and uh, someone from the youth group. It was a foster kid. And and they were going outside. And he's like, oh, can I pet the horse? And he went over and petted. Well, he started bonding with the horse. And she said, do you want to come back to tomorrow and brush it and pretty soon he's riding the horse and pretty soon his life is changing because he's got someone that you know I'm sure foster parents love their kids but the kids don't want to accept that but from an animal you just accept that love and so she built this whole amazing program on rescue horses and foster kids I spoke with one once who, um, and I'm so sorry, I can't remember this woman's name. It was in uh, uh, Hardyville, South Carolina, which is just outside of um, Savannah. Yeah, I think I own and, that town. Yeah, you do. Lori <laughs> <laughs> <Lord> Hardyville. Um, <laughs> you should. Um, and there was a, a child who had a, a form of, um, it wasn't quite paralysis, but an inability to use his legs. And being on the horse really improved that. Um, I, everyone hesitates to use the word cure, but there was something about the motion of the horse, the horse's hips, the horse's motion, the child's hips, the child's motion, mm-hmm. that um, even their, his doctor started to realize that this wasn't just mind over matter. This was matter over matter. Right. Um, and it was really um, quite miraculous. I, I, you know, I think the, the child still needed... Uh, some aids to walk, but not near. He wasn't in a wheelchair because mm-hmm. of the horse. They say. Wow. Um, and that thought just that was just so powerful, you know. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And when I retire, I intend to have a little bit of property and a horse or two, and do my coaching with horses because there's so many techniques with horses. Uh, for instance, you don't just look them in the eye. You know, you don't just run up to them. There's there's certain techniques and it it can really help you break down things like fear, you know, different things like that. So that's that's my goal. And there's actually programs that that teach it. I don't know what they're called right now, but I intend fully to do some of my coaching uh, on horseback on horseback. So not just working with the horses, but riding the horses as you do it. Yeah, ending up in a trail ride. Because when you're on a trail ride, you're in nature. I mean, there is nothing better than that. I hear chickens. Do you hear them? Yeah. 
I wanted to talk to you about this thing you sent. Mm. Tag peer review. Tag. Isn't this cool? I love it. So you may remember a couple of months back um, when I first uh, moved here to Oregon, uh, I got involved uh, virtually uh, with um, an artist, uh, a nonprofit that works with kids and art. Um, it, used, it was an after-school program and then a summer program, and now um, this uh, woman who runs it, Molly Lieberman, who's just a dynamo of a human being, mm-hmm. um, has has leveraged it into something that the schools have invited her into, and it's really become an, an integral part of the schools. For those of you with kids, you, you probably know this, but STEM learning, science, technology, engineering, math, is now STEAM learning, science, technology, engineering, art and math. I'm and so glad they, they added oh, art. Me too. <laughs> uh. And they uh, invited her to come in and design some programs for what they call STEAM days uh, in the elementary schools to to try and introduce these concepts to the kids. Some of the projects have been really great and I've been able to do a few of them and I have another one coming up this Friday but I had forgotten about this. Oh, hang on. We may get a Sadie bark. We getting, are we barking? Nope, we're just sniffing. All right. We're eating, <laughs> we're eating chicken poop. Um <laughs> I'd seen this graphic before, and I and I sort of forgot about it, and then she sent it again to uh, remind some of the new people about it, and I just absolutely loved it. And the idea of this, it's called TAG, which stands for Tell, Ask, and Give. And basically what it is is a, a peer review process. Now, this one is designed for kids because it's got pictures of ice cream cones on it, but this is a 1,000% for adults, yes. too. <laughs> this is designed for a project, right? But um, I would think as a coach, uh-huh. uh, there are ways to adapt this to, to anything. So tell, tell something that you like. Ask means ask a thoughtful question. And G is give a positive suggestion. So you would, oh, I love that. I'm wondering why. Then you ask a question and then giving a positive set instead of saying you should do this or why didn't you do this you give it a positive spin what about if you did this or this is a good idea but how about this I just love this thing (laughs) (laughs) just like this is how you talk to people you know whether you're a boss or a or a coach or the foreman on a job or or whatever you are positive reinforcement followed by positive suggestion will get you so much farther than, well, that's okay, but you should have done this, right? And that's what people do. And I don't even think they mean to, but I I do want to make an announcement. Uh, Claire is a certified coach now. I am. I'm so proud of you. And (laughs) this is like coaching because first you're listening, right? Because in order to tell something you like, you have to listen. You know, I was surprised that whatever... And then I'm all about asking questions and Mm -hmm. questions, you know, we always talk about there's yes or no, either or, or there's open-ended questions. And these are all open-ended questions. How come you dot, 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 are you planning to dot, dot, dot? Can you explain dot, dot, dot? My favorite, it's not on here, but is tell me more dot, dot, dot. Yes. And then the positive suggestion. I love it that it's suggestion because we talk about this all the time that should, you know, who wants to hear should, but it's like, oh, could I make a suggestion? Maybe next time you could do this and they may go, oh, I've done it. It's like, okay, cool. You know, but it's, it's engaging and I love it. I love this so much. 
I love it too. It, it's just so, it's so cool and it's so eye-opening. And it's just a reminder of another of the many things in life that are geared toward children, but that are really geared toward adults, but we pretend they're geared toward children. Right. You know, like Dr. Seuss books or, or other <laughs> things that, that you, we, we disguise these, these things that everyone needs to know, but we pretend they're for kids. And in this case, it is for kids. Yes. But um, sometimes I think that's the best way to get a message across. Yes. Yes. And when people feel like you're listening, which when they say, I love that, or um, your idea is, you know, you reflect that back, they go, oh, they listened. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. because sometimes people won't stop talking because they don't want to give you a a, a edge in because then you might change the subject or not be interested. (laughs) So it's like when you're responding to it, they're like, huh, weird. They're listening. (laughs) What's interesting about this um, assignment and doing this this tag peer review and in um, this is all the elementary schools and in my case I've been doing I got assigned to the kindergartners and I love them so much that, oh. I'm, that I'm staying with the kindergartners. The answers to these questions are often interesting. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I bet it's almost more important the fact that you're asking than that what the suggestion is. Um, in in the case of this particular elementary school. It's in a part of the city that doesn't get nearly the resources that other parts of the city do. And some of these kids don't probably get all the attention at home that they should be able to get because of circumstances where their parents might be working or there might only be one parent. Mm. And you can see it in their face that these uh, adults and other kids but are really genuinely interested in this thing that they've made and why they've made it the way that they've made it. And so while I do actively listen to what the kids say, I'm really more into soaking up the look on their face when Mm -hmm. you engage them. I love it. Speaking of things like this for kids, when I was with my grandkids for a minute (laughs) on Tuesday morning, (laughs) my, my older granddaughter, who's nine, said, hey, grandma, can I read you a pitch? And I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> uh, I think I'm about to get suckered, but yes. Well, well I got a pitch like like Shark Tank. <laughs> yes. So what it is, and I think I don't know if it's just Reading, but June 9th is Lemonade Stand Day, and so they have this entrepreneur program. It's an app, and first you say what, how much money you want to make, and what you're going to do with the money, and it talks takes you through the whole process until you figure out how much you're going to charge for your lemonade, how many you're going to sell to make your goal. I mean, it is so amazing. And then they give you a pitch letter where you fill in your things and what you're going to do. So she's going to charge something for lemonade. But if they want an umbrella, it'll be a little bit more. Or if they want like <laughs> a few raspberries in it, it'll be a little bit more. And I'm selling. <laughs> I know. And so uh, then, then she said, I think her her brother said, maybe we could sell them ahead at school. And she liked that idea. Well, you know, when the COVID hit, I made all those masks. So I gave them a bunch. I go, sell them, you know, do something. And they never did. And I said, well, sell them a, a ticket and give them a mask. You know, that'll be incentive. And they were, she goes, oh, oh. And she ran and she wrote it down. And as an entrepreneur myself, I was elated. And so, of course, I she asked me if I'd be her investor. And I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I have invested in a lemonade stand June 9th, which all around Redding, California, every neighborhood will probably have a kid on the corner selling lemonade. Um, and they have to take a little health health card, you know, how to 
stay healthy. And, you know, they've got lemonade, lemons everywhere there, so they don't even have to go buy lemons. So they're going to pick the lemons, and then they have a little uh, health health card test to make sure that they wash their hands and keep everything clean. And the, What was her answer to um, what she's going to do with the money? She hasn't decided yet. She knows she wants to make $100, but she doesn't know what she wants. And so I kept asking her throughout the morning, so what do you think you want? I just don't know, Grandma. <laughs> Maybe she just wants to save it and have $100. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. So, But she had to add everything up. So there's a little bit of math in there and some planning. And so I was very and is this impressed. Through, is this through school or an or a after-school program? They, I think they learned about it at school, but it's like an extra because they don't have to do it. It's called mm-hmm. Pennies on Purpose. So Great you can idea. look it up online, Pennies on Purpose. And it's a financial planning, and it's their, like, kid version. So I was very impressed. In fact, I think I I will try to get a hold of them and uh, see if they'll do an interview with me. And then I can also interview my granddaughter uh, <laughs> on the show, too, which would make me very happy. So <laughs> Pennies on Purpose. <laughs> uh, that'll be fun to hear the interview <laughs> yeah <laughs> and now we- as as an investor are you expecting a return on your investment well so she asked me to invest fifty dollars uh because they may have to buy some things for the stand uh, you know tablecloth and all that and she would like to give me back 60 when she's done okay so that's pretty good yeah, you know it's going to be hard for me to take it back, but it, I know. it's the right thing to do. <laughs> I guess in terms of learning the lesson, yeah, yeah, it is the right thing to do. Maybe I can reinvest in another project. <laughs> right, you could tell her that if she has another project, you'll reinvest. Yes. But you, you really, you know, you're right. You're in the position where you have to take the money because she's got to learn that lesson that the investors don't always go, "Oh, you can just keep it." Exactly, <laughs> you <know>? exactly. <laughs> and I'm a softy, but I'll, you know. Like, it's $50. Maybe she's supposed to get, you know, three or four investors. I don't know, but I'm, I'll am i do it. Raise my hand. I'll do it. Right, right. <laughs> so <laughs> Maybe that's the secret to her success. She gets four investors. She doesn't actually need the lemonade stand, and she's made her money. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and if you get all grandmas, they're like, oh, keep it. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, that's actually not a bad business plan now that yeah. I think about it. And then they have to think about if it's like if they're going to be out there five hours, they're probably going to have to go to the bathroom, so they're going to have to get someone to cover it. And will that person volunteer? Will you pay them? Right. I mean, just so many. I mean, they just walk them through everything, which is so great to have to think about all that. So Right. The only tricky thing is they're setting up so much competition because there's going to be a lemonade stand on every corner. I could know. They have, could they diversify and maybe somebody do like, I don't know, apple juice? Well, possibly. But here's the thing. Last time I was in Reading was strawberry season and there was a strawberry stand on so many corners <laughs> and they were sold out. We were we ran to the store to get something. We're going to get strawberries for strawberry shortcake. Gone. I mean, this was like one in the afternoon. So they obviously get traffic. So yeah, yeah it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But uh, <laughs> kids, does she have a name? Does her business have a name? That's a good question. I not that I know of. I'll have to ask her that. <laughs> and a hashtag and a, and a and a domain. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's the thing is they don't. They only get to talk to their friends on Messenger. They're too young to have phones and you know because I said how are you going to advertise this and she said 
oh, they'll do it for us. I'm like, okay. <laughs> they must uh, okay. use their Facebook, you know, because they know most of these kids don't have uh, the devices. They right. do have um, tablets, but they can only use them for school. And they, they are on a kid's messenger, so the parents approve the friends and the grandmas, and they can talk with them. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Can that technology, I mean, imagine, I guess they have to in this day and age, but I can't even imagine having that technology at my disposal at nine. I mean, <sighs> but they still learned like handwriting and stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, they don't learn cursive. They don't learn cursive? Nope. What, what else is there? Just printing? Printing. Can you imagine? Well, you've seen my handwriting. <laughs> I wouldn't have, that, that would have been my probably in my favor. <laughs> well, you know, um, I feel like pretty soon we can do classes on cursive and every we'll have they'll be so full because nobody will know it. <laughs> right. Like when you like when you take calligraphy and you thought it was so cool. Now mm -hmm. it'll just be how to write with a pen. <laughs> right. Exactly. Look, I wrote my name and all the letters connected. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, it's so interesting. They learn keyboarding right away. I mean, when did we learn it in high school on mm -hmm. the typewriter? Yeah, I didn't even do that. I took uh, I took French instead of typing. I had I had three choices: French, Spanish, and typing. And I took what I thought was the coolest, but turned out to be the least useful of the three. I wish I either, <laughs> either Spanish or typing would have been more useful, except for that one time I went to Paris. <laughs> so I didn't do that. And then the computer class was like, oh, those were the geekiest of the geeky nerds. Nobody wanted to do that. And boy, do I wish I'd taken those computer classes. And this was like the very beginning of like you were actually coding i mean they still code but wow. you know it was a, a video display terminal and you were typing in this language and all these um you know sets and and you you really had to understand math in in, in order to be able to do that stuff and i look back now at, at some of those kids it'd be fun to if i have a high school reunion coming up it'd be fun to find out what happened to some of those kids who who got into that they're you know, probably running the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I never formally learned any kind of typing. I did take piano lessons, which I think helps me on a keyboard, but I'm still a really slow typist. But my French is pretty good. <laughs> That's awesome. I took French <laughs> and I took uh, typing, but we didn't, there weren't computer. The only computer we knew about when I was in high school, and I'm dating myself here, is Star Trek. It took up the whole wall, remember? <laughs> right. I remember one of the first, what I guess would now be a video game. Um, I was spending this summer in Boulder, Colorado, working at the Shakespeare Festival. And it was um, when you had, we had computers we could use, and they were all DOS machines. They were basically just fancy word processors. Mm -hmm. But there was this new thing called a game that you could play, and you could save, and it was a story. And it was called Fool's Errand. It, it's kind of like um, a lot of people talk about Oregon Trail. That was one of the first computer games where you would sort of interact with little pictures and questions and everyone died of dysentery and all that stuff. And and we had this game called Fool's Errand and it was all puzzles, but there was only one computer that it worked on. So everyone would, from like, like 50 people from around this Shakespeare Festival company would in turns gather around this computer and, and try to play this one game, you know? And I just think now that kids are, you know, like with Twitch, you know, you, you flip on your computer or your phone or your TV 
and you're not only interactively playing video games with people around the world, but you're having conversations with them and you're streaming them so other people can watch you do that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's mind boggling how far that stuff has come from when you and I were kids. It is. It's amazing. Uh, we did have uh, Pong. We had the, right. the video right. game Pong. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And and the kids know so much. So I did an interview with this guy from, um, it's called Bamboo Learning. Mm -hmm. And all you need is an Alexa. And you just tell it to open Bamboo Learning. Alexa, open Bamboo Learning. And then you set it up so it asks you what grade you're in and what animal you want to be. And then, then you just talk to it. It gives you math problems. It gives you spelling problems. And you can do it on the just the little cube thing, or you can get the the show because then you can at least see some pictures. Right. But it is amazing. It's called Bamboo Learning. Well, it's it's an Alexa. So if you yeah. have Alexa, right? Yeah. Just say Alexa, yeah. download uh, or open Bamboo Learning and see what happens. So I could do that like while I'm doing the dishes. Yeah. Cool. It'll, it'll give you math problems, and it'll it'll do STEM. Maybe steam, maybe even steam. steam. (laughs) (laughs) I seem to, like when we first moved into this house, they have Alexa here. Mm -hmm. And um, I was doing everything on Alexa because it was cracking me up. Now I pretty much just use it for the weather. But every once in a while, something will come across the screen and I'm like, huh, and I'll ask it questions. And it's it really is kind of fun, you know. Mm-hmm. And the, t- the TV is supposed to be Alexa-enabled, but um, every time I'm in the bedroom and I ask the TV to do something, my Kindle starts talking to me. So I'm not sure. <laughs> I think the Alexas are fighting just like the cats yes. um, for, for domination over my, over my attention. So I haven't been able to get the Alexa to work. Oh, I'm sorry. Real side note. Uh, can we? I want to talk about a television show. Okay. Is that okay? Yes. There is a, a program on Amazon now. It's a, a series called The Underground Railroad. Oh. And it's it's based on a novel. And oh, the name of the author is escaping me at the moment. Hopefully it will come back to me in a few minutes. And it is spectacular. It is It is devastating. It is hard to watch. And yet in the same sentence I'm going to tell you, it's so beautifully filmed. A little extra fun for me because it was filmed around Savannah, Georgia, and you can sort of recognize a lot of the places. But it takes the concept of the Underground Railroad and it and it puts it into a, I get what you call magic realism, where the railroad is a real thing, where you actually go underground and you get on this train. And it takes you places. And unfortunately, it takes you some horrible, some places that are worse than where you started and some places that are better than where you started. But at the center of it, I think, are a lot of truths about slavery and runaway slaves and escaped slaves and what was going on in America in the different states, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee. I'm only about halfway through it right now. Mm-hmm. So there's some, there's an educational component, but there's also just this, like, just emotionally powerful component to it. I don't know if it's for kids because of some of the things that you show. It's a good lesson for kids to know. I, as an adult, I would watch it first and then decide how you want to proceed with your children. Mm-hmm. But um, it's so worth watching. Oh, my gosh. That is so exciting. And it's called? It's called The Underground Railroad. Okay. Now, there, there have been a lot of films and, and stories about Underground Railroad and about Harriet Tubman. This is not the Harriet Tubman story. Okay. Um, that's a spectacular TV show also starring, I used, 
Aisha Hines, I think, um, called Underground, which is which is pretty great. Um, and there's there's a few shows that have been on like that. This one is not at all about Harriet Tubman. This is uh, specifically about this one young woman who was born into slavery and the things she goes through um, in her attempts to escape. Oh wow! Um, and as I said, it's it's magic realism. So if you're like Sharon and I started watching it, and she goes and gets on a train, and we're like, wait a second, there wasn't really a train. And then we're like, okay, hang on a second, we need to step back from our little, you know, what we learned in school. You know, it it's 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 really a, an amazing story. I don't want to say it's a beautiful story because it's not beautiful, but it's it's beautifully filmed. So maybe mm. you could say it that way. Wonderful. I am going to definitely check that out. I want to talk about a book. Okay. So I love J.A. Jantz, and yes. I have emailed her because she always has traffic reports in her books <laughs> with a Seattle cop. And um, I'm hoping in her next book with J.P. Beaumont that the traffic reporter will be me. I think the last <laughs> one was Leslie Larkin. And, uh, you know, we all know her name if we lived here. So she has uh, J.P. Beaumont, which I've listened to all those. And then she has Allie Reynolds, who is a TV reporter, and they aged her out and then all the stuff behind that. And so I love that. But I never got into the Joanna Brady. I don't know why. But I decided COVID, you know, I'm alone all the time. So I've been listening. Instead of watching a bunch of TV, I've been listening to the Joanna Brady. Well, about three or four in, all of a sudden, J.P. Beaumont comes to Arizona to work on a case. And I'm like, oh, J.P. <laughs> and then about 10 in, Allie Reynolds shows up. And I'm like, this is like old home week. I'm like <laughs> loving Joanna Brady and I'm getting to, you know, uh, see my old friends. So that was my big, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just did the last Joanna Brady book today and I was actually very sad. But there is one more Allie, a, a new Allie uh, Reynolds, and I hadn't read that. So that'll be next. Yeah. J.A. Jantz is very prolific. Oh, amazing. And she lives here in Seattle. And I think part-time in Arizona. And I got to see her last year before COVID hit at a uh, book signing. And so I, I had emailed her before. And so I said, I'm the traffic reporter from Seattle. And, and she was just, like, really nice. And I was a little embarrassed, like, you know. <laughs> but I'm like, I really want her to write my name in one of her books. <laughs> just keep sending her emails and tweets. And pretty soon your name will be so ingrained in her psyche that she'll have no, she'll just write it. Yeah. It'll just be like, what was that, Paul Tosh? No, it was Lori. That's right. <laughs> so, Grandma Lala. That's right. It was Grandma Lala. I could probably get away with that on the air. <laughs> it's fun to fangirl. I sent a tweet um, to uh, an the actress who plays a character on a TV show that is like 20 years old. She, you know, posted something about um, she was so excited because the first time ever her um, she had wintered over Gerber daisies. She lives in Vancouver, and she'd never successfully had them winter over before, and she was so excited, and she posted a picture. And it had just, like, it had went up, and like, it was like 45 seconds later, and I was like, <gasps> and I sent her a picture of the orchids we have here. My sister-in-law has, for the first time ever, had orchids come back, and unbelievably, like, there are five blooms and a sixth about to open. So I, I snapped a picture of the orchid, in and I sent it to this actress, and I said, I get it. We're, we've, we have an orchid coming back. And, and she wrote back, you know, fabulous, and put a like on it. And it was like made my day, you know. I mean, she wouldn't know me if I bit her, but it was just like this connection, you know. Um, and I just, I love that. I know. when they And when they answer you, you know, and I look at my email and I'm like, what? 
J.A. Jantz. And then I'm like, oh, it must be like a new a new book notice or whatever. And it's like, hey, Lori. I'm like, whoa. Wow. Did you print the email? <laughs> I did. And also, I forgot to mention this. I did a post on this uh, on our station blog. Also, the teddy bear patrol is in there two times. Really? Yes, because uh, Beaumont... He, um, he when he came back, they were talking about the teddy bear patrol and how they, you know, take kids and that now there's a lot of teddy bear patrols, but we were the first. And so Absolutely. that was really awesome. It's like, oh, in my radio station. <laughs> so have yeah. you told the radio station that I did? Uh, I told the teddy bear patrol and she's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, all right, then. She's, um, you know what? She is a wonderful, tireless person, she is. but I don't think her heart rate ever goes up. <laughs> no, no. She's like all, always the same, very calm. Always, Even yeah. she lost her phone. She's like, hey, lost my phone. Can you go out and look and see if it's by the computer? <laughs> right. I, I'd be like, oh, I lost my phone. It's like, no. She's like, hmm, okay. <laughs> all right, then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> very calm. Oh, there's a volcano blowing up. Okay. Well, yeah. all right. All right. Get well, some teddy bears. Little dust in my hair, but I'll get those teddy bears out there. <laughs> she is passionate. We just did a video, and and it just warms her heart when people respond, you know, and say, "Oh, we got your teddy bears," and uh, because we tag them, and that has uh, Bartel and Warm on the tag, you know, so people know where they came from. But yeah, it's a yeah. wonderful program. I got to take a bunch to. Um, it's called Five R Recovery, and they go out on the streets. Uh, to see if people need need help or want to get into rehab. And there are kids out there. So whenever they run across a kid, they give them a teddy bear. So that makes me happy. Are people coming back into the office? Not yet. I, th- wow. I think they will. But uh, still, well, so, okay. I told you guys about the construction worker, the singing construction worker. Yes. And they did a, a, a news show on it, you know, a little news clip on him. And then a, a newspaper reached out to him. And then uh, All Air Canada, whatever that is, it's like ABC, NBC here. They, they came to a studio and did a story on him. And they're going to do a documentary. <gasps> and they want... They want me. They want me to record me like introducing the song. Well, can you imagine trying to run the board? And we don't actually play the song. I have to say that, but you know, for for the you know uh, magic of radio, and I don't want to record my face, you know. And so I'm trying to kind of record the back of my head and where you can see down and see the board. And yeah, I'm not having any luck. So. Why don't you want to record your face? Well, because then it's not like showing the board. Don't you kind of want to see it as the action uh, of the radio station, you know? I see. Right. You want to see the the famous, the famous sliding of the buttons and the pushing of the buttons, of even course. though we don't really do that yes. that much. I know. So um, so nobody to do it. I, I will go right. to Seth's office and see if he has a uh, tripod. That might help. But yeah. <laughs> I would like to be in the documentary in Canada as right. a coach. <laughs> Then you take that video you made and you send that to J.A. Jantz and go, see, I'm on Canadian television. You need to yes. put me in your next novel. <laughs> Please just say Lori, even if it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Claire, it's been fun therapy as usual. Yes, it has. Oh, we miss you, Anna. Yeah, come back, Anna. Don't forget to download and rate us. Uh, that helps a lot for people to find us. And Claire... How many... 
How many stars do they give us, Lori? Five stars. Because if you give us three, I guess it just doesn't count. And Claire, who should they tell? (laughs) They should tell everyone. Uh, I think they should tell the guy who stocks the the milk at the grocery store. Um, And also, um, you know when you go to the post office and, like, they're the people that help you, but there's always that one guy in back who's doing nothing but sorting the mail? Mm -hmm. Tell him because he needs something to listen to while he's sorting the mail. Most definitely. I heard that Sadie shaking. (laughs) Yeah, that's Sadie. That's shaking her collar at me saying, it's time to go out. Yes. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening. Well, this is Listen and Learn or Not. not.